He was the strongest man I had ever met. I was 18 and had traveled to France to work for a sculptor for a gap year, an uncle of a good friend of mine who had a studio in Paris and was preparing an installation for a construction project in Vichy. He had assembled a team of workers, the sculptor, two Polish guys who put out forest fires from helicopters during the fire season and worked under the table for this sculptor in the off season. We had two Canadian engineers, two French stone carvers, and Boutros. He was Lebanese, and he was so strong that once I saw him break a steering column of a small car that was parked illegally in front of the driveway of our studio in Paris <laughs> with his bare hands and proceed to move this small car with his bare hands and left it double parked down the street. <laughs> in the first portion of the project, we were drilling 18,000 holes in long slabs of black granite from Zimbabwe. We worked with these long sheets of stone, 14 feet long, six feet high, and four inches thick. We laid them down on logs of wood, spray painted a little grid pattern on the rock, and then drilled holes at the intersections 18,000 times. And when you're about halfway through these slabs of stone, you explode a volcano-shaped piece off the bottom. So when you lift these slabs up, there's this beautiful, glistening, mountainous pattern on the side that had been facing down. It was beautiful, and it was grueling. And it was quite a process to get these pieces of stone where they needed to be. Each piece weighed more than 2,600 pounds. We had a little tractor with a crane arm which could lift the stone one piece at a time, two or three people at a time, we would move the stone. We had a system, but it had some faults. In part, the stone seemed almost movable by hand. Even with their incredible weight, while the slabs were standing mostly upright, one could move them a little, get them ready for the crane with levers and physics on your side, you could get them ready to move. So there was this one day, and I remember the sound really clearly. Boutros, again, the strongest person I had ever met, he thought he could do too much. And he started to move the next piece of stone to get it ready. The rest of the team, we were all away in a different part of the job site, and he thought he could save a little time. So he started to move the rock himself. And it tipped just a little bit towards him. But again, he was so strong, so strong, he thought he could do it himself, and so he pushed, and the weight pushed back at him another degree another few degrees, and slowly it became too much. By inches, it became heavier until finally he was down, bent on one knee when the rock fell and crushed one of his legs. 
He was fine. We got him to a hospital, got him home. It took a long time to heal, but it did heal. But I tell you this story, especially today, because so many of us are doing basically exactly that. These last many years have been hard. We have held so much. We have made it through so much. Through the force of our own will and the contortion of our lives, we have made it through. And sometimes we are being crushed. Somehow, sometimes we have forgotten that we don't need to do this all alone, that the weight is not ours to carry all alone, that we are connected, like the poet said earlier, by these beautiful roots always growing together beneath us, connected here to everyone and more broadly to all that is held in this system of strength which is as resilient on a sunny day as it is in a hurricane. Together, again, we remember this. This is part of what we celebrate this Celebration Sunday. All of your generous support to the church, yes, this wonderful stewardship process, yes, but especially these connections and these roots. This powerful, simple truth that with all of us together, again, our joys are multiplied and our sufferings divided. That this weight we are carrying, the weight that would be too much all alone, which would crush us to be sure is shared here with all of these hands. And there is a practicality to that too, but there's also this beautiful, deeper truth. This idea that somehow we must soldier through these lives alone, that somehow we are isolated and separated, it is a destructive idea. I love these words from Vaclav Havel. As some of you know, he was a playwright and a political dissident before becoming the first democratically elected president of Czechoslovakia, and then after its dissolution, the first president of the Czech Republic, he writes... We must divest ourselves from egotistical anthropocentrism, our habit of seeing ourselves as masters of the universe who can do whatever occurs to us. We must discover a new respect for all that transcends us, for the universe, for the earth, for nature, for life, for reality. Our respect for other people and other nations and other cultures can only grow for this humble respect for the cosmic order. We are part of everything, and everything is part of us. This is one of the great blessings of community and connection. Here we remember this truth. As we dig deeper into this 40 for the Earth project this year, many of you might remember just beginning next week and going all the way to Earth Day. All of us are invited to take up one or two practices for the Earth, mindfulness practices, advocacy practices, sustainability practices. Our first FCB Green team will be at a table outside with some ideas. You heard about the event later today. But when we do this, we remember our interconnection and our interwovenness. We are not alone in these commitments, but connected to everyone else here, 
but also more broadly to all of the world, untangling this egotistical anthropocentrism, remembering these roots, this connection. Sometimes these ideas, these life-saving, world-transforming ideas are so powerful. These are the words of Albert Camus, as many of you know, a philosopher who came of age during the rise of the Nazis and then shared in the resistance. He writes, great ideas, it has been said, come into the world as gently as doves. Perhaps then if we listen attentively, we shall hear amid the uproar of empires and nations a faint flutter of wings, the gentle stirrings of life and hope. Some will say this hope lies in a nation, others in a human being, but I believe it is awakened and revived, nourished by millions of solitary individuals whose deeds and works every day negate frontiers of the crudest implications of history. And as a result, there shine forth fleetingly the ever-threatened truth that each and every person on the foundations of their own sufferings and joys builds for themselves. Here, in the midst of this uproar, in this complex moment with so much suffering and so much pain, we hear this fluttering of wings. Perhaps here in this quiet, certainly in the songs of our children, certainly in the music which sweeps up and surrounds us all, I hear it, this fullness of all that we are, and within it, the stirrings of this ancient truth which has been embodied here in this holy space from the very first preacher who stood here and the very first folks who sat there all the way stretched over time to this moment here and now. We are here now and then to serve one another and our world, here to catalyze a more just and loving world, one built on truth and freedom, one in which each and every one of us can flourish and thrive. 